When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Waiting on Reparations. Waiting on Reparations. Hey, check it out. It's been a mess so long, we forgot the meaning to clean it. Only magic can patch it up, so we dreaming of genie. By which I mean that we dreaming of freedom, but freedom is fleeting. By which I mean between seeing people beating and bleeding on our TVs, on the daily, on the weekly. I just want to relax a bit, crack a paps and watch some videos of cats and shit. Wishing these idiots in Athens were equipped with the classism. But I'm really the shitty activist, because everyone want to complain about the state of the system. Congratulate themselves on Facebook for paying attention. And homie, I know you're right, but if nobody mobilizes a noble fight, we stay in slaves for a century. I wish something given a shit would fix it uh, Wish giving a shit was as simple as whistling Dixie dope. The only way I had to fix it was cashing my chips in So best to fix the system first, I have to fix it Yo, I'm blowing up, enough that's it Run past kids, chilling with a blunt that's lit Fuck fascists, eat them up for lunch mad quick Went to college for a year, then I said fuck that shit Put my hands in the street, couldn't stand the defeat Then my man Valor said I could slam on a beat We made a crew, started a clan that was deep Only thing you don't want with dope sandwiches, beef Pretty sure it's coming back. You just gotta wait for it. <laughs> I'm on another different realm of thinking. Illest person on the earth ever to helmet ink pen. Rhymes as well as sinking. Just watch us breaking you down, taking your town like Miss Monsters. It gets bonkers. So we slap with a whole hand. Spit to any beat, even rapping to slow jams. You ain't my bro ham. How you gonna be in the damn Senate? There's a pandemic with no plan. Mother, yo. Yeah. Waiting no reparations. Waiting no reparations. Waiting no reparations. Yo, my name is Dope Knife. <laughs> I'm Lingo Franca. And we are waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Hurry the fuck up. All right. We back once again. Another week of politics and hip hop. Yep. What's going on in your world, Dope Knife? Oh, I've, uh, in recent weeks, I've hit that bug where I've just been working on a lot of rapidy rap raps. So I'll have some stuff for people to listen to soon. But other than that, it's been hard to avoid keeping up with the election. As of 
when we're recording this, it's seven days away. But when you guys hear this, it should be five days before the 2020 election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. There's already been unprecedented early voting, so millions and millions of people have already voted. And at this point, it's so close that, uh, you know, what else is there to say? How are you feeling about the whole thing? I'm good. I'm mostly looking ahead towards November 4th with regards to just like organizing for whatever aftermath of the election comes, knowing that best case scenario is still massive civil unrest uh, either way. Well, let's. And so um, just, yeah, connecting with comrades in like Atlanta and like within like anarchist and anti fascist circles here in Athens regarding like, what are we going to do? What I mean. You know, just in all fairness, we don't know that there's going to be civil unrest, you know, but it is always good to prepare for it. I mean, best case scenario, one of them could win decisively. Oh, and their people side aren't are demoralized. And no one's mad. And they don't have <laughs> hope Demoralized, Demoralized people uh, uh, ransack uh, JCPenney's. Demoralized people uh, crawl through broken plate glass windows to steal jewelry off of mannequins. Like, yeah. <laughs> Are you just thinking about this for the first time, my man? Nah, of course not. But there's definitely like a Y2K sort of vibe to it where I don't want to be on record saying that the end is coming and then it doesn't, you know? I mean, I'm old enough to remember when motherfuckers thought they were going to put people in FEMA camps. That never happens. <laughs> so. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. How are you feeling about the outcome of the election or do you just are you completely I'm cautiously optimistic I mean like I feel like either way like the fight goes on Mm -hmm. I would prefer Joe Biden as an enemy I would prefer John Ossoff as an enemy I would prefer Raphael Warnock as an enemy and so um, the fact that they are all doing well in the polls here in Georgia is a point of uplift for me so as a question not to get too off topic but given given what the um what the other side has to offer would do you would you like do you would you consider john ossoff to be an enemy or would i'm gonna you have more to fight opposition? him i'm gonna have to fight him for yeah federal is there no difference guarantee. between an enemy and opposition i mean i'm gonna have to fight either of these people for like basic rights to like health care and housing i would much rather fight john ossoff on it than uh david perdue and there, but I'm not saying there's no difference between. I I would per, I would prefer John Ossoff because there is a difference yeah. between these two sides. I don't see them as equally. One side is diametrically opposed to all that I stand with stand for. The other I feel like just doesn't get it. So I you know not to hate. I you know I voted for both of those cats. I voted for all these cats last week. Um, went downtown to vote on the first day of early voting and the line was wrapped around the block. And so I took a time-lapse video of the line posting it online. I saw that. Yeah, and I was actually chastised by a fellow commissioner who said, when long lines become the story, it depresses turnout. Like, it was like a disservice I had done to the public to let people know that the lines are long, maybe pack a snack. 
Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe bring a friend. Maybe keeping people prepared. Load some, load some episodes of Watchmen onto your phone. Well, what's the suggestion that like people just it's better for people to show up there and be surprised by a long I, line? Yeah. Like they're more likely to walk away from that. I want shit. people to know what they're getting into. I want folks to you know bring change for the parking leader meter, get time off work, clear the responsibilities from their calendar for an hour or two if need be. There's no sense in denying the facts that a ton of people are trying to vote early. Perhaps because of the scaremongering around mail-in ba- ballots and tampering with the post office has gotten to people. I really think the right has won the discourse with regards to mail-in voting. Well, the right definitely does propaganda way better than the left does. So, you know, they, their messaging is just more on point just in terms of how much they drone any particular thing that they want to message at a time. And I want to be, make one thing very clear. I feel like I tow it like a very thin line b- between like, you know, I believe people should engage civically in every way they can while recognizing some shit is just rigged. For example, Kamala Harris tweeted out something like vote and you can change things. And I saw, yeah. you know, a lot of leftists sounding off in response that she'd been appointed to the second highest position possible without ever having received a single ballot cast in her favor in the presidential primary. And so, yes, some shit is just rigged. But because some shit is just rigged, it's necessary for us to push at every point of weakness in the system possible, including uh, spitting in the face of voter suppression by voting by any means necessary. Most deaf. I mean, if your vote didn't mean anything, they wouldn't be trying so hard to prevent you from voting. And make no mistake, they there there is a side that is actively trying to prevent people from voting, black people specifically. So, you know, it should be a a middle finger in their face because of that alone. Now, as the 2020 presidential election tumbles towards us with daily reports of boldface voter suppression by the way of ballot purging, mail tampering and disinformation. This episode, we discuss America's uneven history with its citizens right to vote, as well as dive into what role, if any, hip hop has played in electoral politics. I want to just like frame this idea of voting around the idea of just like resisting uh, voter suppression and just like really in this small way, but small but powerful way, like agitating against so many forces at play and that have been at play historically that have tried to uh, disenfranchise us from what through our really shitty civics education available to us in America is framed as like the highest form of participation in government. Yeah. Like, oh, go, you know, you do your, you do your mock elections in your fourth grade class and everyone puts your little, you know, I remember putting my little Nader vote in the ballot box, you know, and we tabulate, you know, and like it's seen as like, this is how you participate and that like marching and all these other things. Like are seen as like historical. Do you think like, that's what they used the, to do? Do you think it's because it's the easiest form of participation? And that's the thing. That's what I'm trying. That's what I like to lay out today. That it's it's not even, and because it's hard, it's it's worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say it's easier to go stand in the street and yell "No justice, no peace" for two hours and block and traffic. To wait in line I for enjoy, I personally hours. enjoy it a great deal more <laughs> than going to vote, but because it's hard, is why it's so valuable to do. And so let's take a trip back through time, starting back in 1870 when the 15th Amendment was ratified, um, and look a little bit about the history of voter suppression in America.
So back in the seventh decade of the 1800s, states were prohibited from disenfranchising voters on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. However, it did not provide automatic voting rights for African Americans, um, and Congress did not enforce the 15th Amendment immediately. Um, Tennessee, as a matter of fact, was the last state to formally ratify the 15th Amendment in guess what year? 1997. 97. 97. 97. I can only imagine how many obvious laws were passed like recently. I know um, Alabama didn't make interracial marriage legal until 2000 and shit. Oh no, our country is backward as fuck. (laughs) So by uh, 1870... Uh, 28 states had adopted a version of these laws prohibiting convicted felons the right to vote, according to the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology. Some states still enact these laws. Literacy tests were implemented to stop those who were uneducated from participating in the voting process. The tests were administered by those in charge of the voting registration and often discriminated against African Americans. You gotta remember that African Americans who took part in these tests were the descendants of slaves who were not allowed to read or write in several states due to anti-literacy law. So and literally that's just like law- five years before this. Yeah, so. right. Like literally right before this, like it was illegal for them to read or write. Suddenly they have the right to vote. They're yeah. like, well, you got to be able to read or write, bitch. Too bad. So according to the American Civil Liberties Union, only two states, Maine and Vermont, give everyone the uninhibited right to vote. Um, three states um, currently disenfranchise felons from voting permanently, Iowa, Kentucky, and Virginia. Poll taxes meant to prevent people of color from voting continued into the 20th century. Now, as of 1964, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Texas, Virginia, they all clung to the poll taxes. And that was reported in the New York Times. And that's all the way back in 1964. Poll taxes were abolished in 1964 with the 24th Amendment and literacy tests were outlawed under the Voting Rights Act of 1965. However... Florida still makes formerly incarcerated people pay off their fines before being able to vote, which some have called a modern poll tax, which brings us to um, the villain, the, tr- the true villain. <laughs> so, like, uh, I don't know if there's like a comic book analog for like Donald Trump is the true villain. Who is Michael Bloomberg in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the 2020 presidential election? Nah, you might have to give me some DC in that. Okay, give me some of that. Well, Mike Bloomberg's kind of like Dark Knight Returns Batman in a way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's like he definitely thinks he's the good guy. So that's that would be a big difference between him and like a, you know, diabolical evil genius who knows that he's diabolical and evil. <laughs> well, you know, he promised to pour millions and near billions into this presidential election and pretty much hasn't shown up until quite recently to well, do such, uh, raising more than $16 million to pay fines and restitution for convicted felons in Florida so they're able to register to vote ahead of the 2020 general election. Um, adding to the $5 million that was raised by the nonpartisan voting rights advocacy group, Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Just a little bit of a clip. He has been um, paying for a lot of ads for Biden, I think in Florida as well, but also might be elsewhere. So, you know, good job for him. Clap, clap. It just sucks that, you know, contributions like that can only come from as far left as Mike Bloomberg. You know, I imagine there are some rich, rich people whose politics are a bit more in line with mine than Mike Bloomberg. But, you know, definitely the right has that sort of shit on lock. 
I mean, the fucking Republicans, they spend money on that on shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the Republican billionaires and conservative billionaires, they fund think tanks and they fund YouTube channels and failed comedians and fringe professors and whatever other little sneaky shit they can do to spread their ideology and their messaging and their propaganda and to actually get cold, hard policy passed in their favor. So, you know, good for Bloomberg. Got to play the game. So LeBron James and his More Than a Vote group recently announced a partnership with the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition to help Florida voters with past felony convictions. James teamed with fellow NBA players Trey Young, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and other black celebrities and athletes from the voter rights organization with the goal to fight against voter suppression. And so all of this to me, I mean, I feel like you hear oftentimes like, you know, vote because our, our forefathers and foremothers fought for the right. And it's like, yes, that's true. But I find it a more much more generative framing. It's a lot easier to do things out of anger than out of respect. Um, I think that has animated a lot of the like brunch liberal organizing or against Trump during the resistance over the last four years. Like they were asleep as long as it was an- organizing was animated by respect for people doing good. As soon as it was animated by disdain for those doing evil, it was like, boom, everyone's a member of, you know, Surge and whatever, you know, Black Lives Matter signs in the yard. And so I just want this to anger you. I want I want the, the knowledge of like the poll taxes and the literacy tests and the way that the poll taxes are still alive today to hold back people who are living under the new Jim Crow to piss you the fuck off and get you so fired up to stick two middle fingers up in the air to these assholes that want to ensure that we continue to have no say in our electoral process by fucking getting in that fucking line in the rain with your rain boots on, bring, you know, stop by Chipotle, bring you a burrito, like call up your homegirl you ain't talked to, you know, have a quick 45-minute chat and fucking just go and wait in line and vote to say fuck you to them. To say fuck you to them. But... I think something that's important, at least for me, and I don't want to be a centrist about this, is we got to call a spade a spade. There is a political party that is dedicated towards voter suppression right now. And for all of our complaints, it's not the Democrats. You know what I'm saying? So it's just let's just get that out there is that if the way that Republicans are going, if they had half a chance they literally would be doing like literacy tests and shit like that yeah and i just want to do a quick side note but like when i think about my work as an elected official here in athens i often think about it as strengthening democracy because voter suppression also takes the form of of having to pay a dollar 75 to ride the bus a bus that only comes once an hour it doesn't take you right to your direct your destination voter suppression is also not having paid leave from work Voter suppression is also not having access to affordable child care. It's, uh, it's not election day not being a holiday. Election day not being a holiday. It's uh, not having access to affordable health care so that you have chronic conditions that, you know, make it so that you, you know, just with regards to the built environment, you know, you got to wheel your wheelchair up to yeah. the voting booth. You might decide not to go because it feels like too daunting. And so all of these policies I'm trying to pass on the local level, it's like, yes, to improve people's lives. But it's also the idea that, like, when we lower the barriers to, to 
to access to civic spaces for folks by making fare free, making public transit fare free, by like raising wages and getting mandating paid time off and making election day a holiday and giving people access to health care and giving people access to child care. More people will participate. Yeah. And when more people participate, that's when shit actually gets better. I don't think I can do a whole lot of shit, but I can do a whole lot more shit if all these barriers are lowered and there's a lot more people getting out and voting, a lot more people showing up at these town halls, a lot more people coming to City Hall, a lot more people out here canvassing and knocking on tours for initiatives that they believe in. And so, like, uh, I think we need to think more broadly about what voter suppression means and, like, what we can accomplish when we combat it everywhere it manifests. Yeah, no. So, in that project, and that project isn't just, oh, you know, Stacey Abrams' organization like making sure there's poll watchers or whatever. That is, that's the work that goes on year round with regards to agitating for policy. Like that's fighting voters oppression as well. And that's not just about casting a ballot. It's about making the lives of your neighbors better. And that's something that's going to happen on November 2nd. That's what's going to happen on November 4th and November 4th to 2021. And like, it's going to keep going. Life is voter suppression. You know what I mean? The whole thing is is designed so that you feel discouraged from voting. Now, I'm going to have to push back on that because I think the ultimate voter suppression is being dead. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> being alive is, 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 is enables voting well, more so than really any other condition ontologically. Anything short of, yeah, the, the, the thing short of, of of being dead. But yeah, you know, it's just like, with everything that people have to worry about in their day to day, it does sometimes feel like, you know, the, the whole, you know, rat, rat race chasing the cheese. It feels like everybody is in such a hustle that things like being involved in the election process can sometimes seem as like a second or third thought, especially in these times when you have a, I'm amazed that the voting is the way that it is when you have a pandemic and, economic anxiety going on real economic anxiety is there there needs to be i think in america a a reconnection with like civics yeah you know and just just so that the average person understands at least in theory how the government is supposed to work you know i feel like that being more of a of a broader knowledge to people even people who don't agree with anything that people like us have to say. I think base knowledge at a younger age of how American government is supposed to operate and function kind of disqualifies a lot of Trumpism type but shit. But I feel like the knowledge of how the government functions is only useful when paired with knowledge of how to intercept it at various points oh, collectively yeah. to get shit done, which is what, not what we're teaching kids in schools. Yeah. Um, they're seeing, you know, people marching in the streets, but they don't understand what it takes to put together a rally. Yeah. They're like seeing on the news, like, you know, people marching on the Capitol, but not understanding how those policy demands were settled upon by these organizations and that's civics, and that's what we need to start teaching you so that, yes, they vote, but, do you think we but need because to start- they have a very robust repertoire of forms of civic engagement that they do year-round. But do you think we need to teach that in schools? And yes. I don't mean from a moral standpoint. I just mean from, like, do we really, I mean, 
what type of what type of protests are you gonna learn in school like officially like isn't that more something that you pick up like outside of the system only because that's how it has worked traditionally but uh imagine if we taught like community organizing as a part of our civics education i mean what do you remember learning about civics in school oh i went to a series of international schools as a kid so i definitely got a bit more of a robust uh, education about how American government and politics operated when I was younger. Um, Something that comes to mind that I guess kind of plays into what you're talking about. I remember in eighth grade, I think it was, I had a teacher who off the books gave us a or I should say off the record gave us a for our class textbook that year was this book called Don't Know Much About American History. And it was just kind of like a debunking of all the traditional historic stories that you're told. And then it gives you the, you know, real hardcore truth about what happened in that particular incident. But that was like our whole textbook for history class that okay. year. I've, I've, never, I've never had a civics class. Um, I've only ever taken like social studies where like, this is how a bill becomes a law. But not yeah. like, you know... If the Senate does this and that, y'all show up at D.C. with 100,000 of your homegirls and, you know, fucking fight. Well, this is we're going to kind of get into this when we do the music discussion. But I feel like situations like that are where hip hop could easily fill in that gap where, you know, motherfuckers just incorporating shit like that into their music so that people are at least picking up some knowledge and stuff, you know, some fucking schoolhouse rock type shit. Anyway. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress 5 Years Running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's move on and talk a little bit about modern forms of voter suppression. Oh, definitely. So we're seeing again something the Republicans frequently do right before an election, which is launch uh, voter fraud investigations in order to suppress turnout. For example, this happened in 2017 ahead of Alabama's special Senate election when Republican Secretary of State John Merrill claimed that nearly 700 people had illegally voted in the Republican primary. He wanted to prosecute the alleged offenders for felonies that would carry it prison sentence of up to 10 years. But probate judges ultimately found that 150 people had voted in the Democratic primary then illegally voted in the Republican Party's runoff. That's likely because of so-called crossover voting, which was legal until the state legislature made it a crime earlier that year. A change Merrill did very little to make the public aware of because <laughs> it did not fit his narrative. Um, so the judges recommended no cases for prosecution and the issue just ended just quietly. It was a non-event. Even so he made this huge deal of, ah, the voter suppression, we're going to get them for felonies. And it's like, uh, they didn't realize they're breaking a law because previously you were totally allowed to vote in a democratic primary and then a Republican runoff. Um, but it generated these scary headlines about voter fraud and felonies carrying 10 year sentences and was effective in suppressing the turnout. It's all part of their narrative. Um, in Georgia in 2018, two days before the midterm, Secretary of State Brian Kemp, fucker, he came out with an explosive announcement. So he said they were investigating the state Democratic Party for attempting to hack the state's voter registration system. At the time, Kent was both the state's top election official and the Republican nominee for governor in a dead heat race against Democrat Stacey Abrams. Kemp had a history. Could have had a bad bitch. <laughs> Kemp had a history of bogus voter fraud allegations against his political opponents, and many recognized this brazen tactic at the time. Election law expert Rick Hansen called it perhaps the most outrageous example of election administration partisanship in the modern era. Just basically banana republic type stuff, quote. But the allegation allowed Kemp to accuse his opponent and the opposition party of a serious crime, distracting from his own failures as Secretary of State. Kemp won a narrow victory by less than 55,000 votes. I remember that shit. I remember, I remember that, that shit in 2018 yeah, and I yeah. knew exactly what he was doing. I knew exactly what he was trying to do. Didn't realize at the time there was a part of a long-standing Republican playbook. And here it is happening again with the Trump Justice Department successfully generating news about voter fraud. Um, you know, it's a central strategy once again to the Trump campaign, the Republican National Committee to fight court battles to make it harder to vote by mail and to prepare to contest absentee ballots after the election. And recently um, in Wisconsin, they ruled the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that they have to stop counting absentee ballots at midnight on Election Day, which I'm not sure about Wisconsin law. Uh, but most places, Georgia included, they can't even start counting absentee ballots 
until election day, which gives them like a 12 hour window in which to count what could be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of absentee ballots. And like, you know, and the the pressure that puts on the polling staff, the people that are in there counting these fucking ballots and shit. Like, it's just, it's just like anyone that tries to say Supreme Courts of anything are neutral entities that just. Oh, hell no. No, these niggas is fucking appointed by the Republicans and they do their bidding consume their narratives and get and it festers in their brain like this, you know this might, goddamn black mold yeah we're gonna have to do something about these courts just in terms of a strategy to get around them or something but that's a topic for a whole nother episode there we've got what's going on in texas so governor abbott in october made a declaration that there be just one ballot drop box in each county He said it would help curb illegal voting, mirroring President Donald Trump's claims made without evidence that postal voting is a major source of electoral fraud, despite Federal Election Commission rejecting these claims. But, you know, there there, there was a back and forth. At one point, a judge ruled that he couldn't do it. But as of now of us recording it, another judge has ruled in his favor. So there is going to be only one ballot drop box it this this is ridiculous this is and then in california you had republicans setting up fake ballot drop boxes fucking fake drop boxes think about that shit that's like a crime let this enrage you let this boil your blood and bring you near tears and on the brink of tearing every follicle of hair from your scalp uh, and fucking blast some goddamn RTJ or whatever you listen to real loud in your car as you roll up and hop out, lock your doors, put a little bit of change in the meter, get out, pop up your umbrella if it's raining, stand in that motherfucking line, vote early. In person, because clearly they fucking with this, these ballot boxes, man. They fucking with these ballot boxes. They trying to make it so that they're going to stop counting the ballots at midnight on election night. All this shit is going to be crazy legal battles. One one step at a time. All we can do, all we can is, do, do is do what we can control. All we can do, all we can do is do what we and control. Is, and like, if you're going to participate, then just make sure you know how you're going to vote in the next five to seven days. Make sure you, if you're going to wait for election day, make sure you have your plan in place. Bring a friend, bring a family member. And uh, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's all we can really do is to just, you know, if you're paying attention, then you know what the stakes are. So go out there and do your part and be safe while you're doing it. So let's get into the music discussion. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. 
thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, as we, uh, you know, as the election approaches this being a hip-hop show, we kind of wanted to delve in and talk a little bit about some examples of instances in time when rappers have perhaps expressed their opinions on this election system of ours or even tried to affect it directly. Yeah, both, you know, just through statements to the media as well as in their music. So recently, Blueface said, hell nah, he's not voting. Quoted in XXL as having said, I don't know, nah, I ain't, just, I ain't really, I don't know. I just ain't in that stage in my life. And he's as, look at my face, you think they give a fuck who I vote for? <laughs> Which, I mean, I feel like he's not wrong in the sense that, like, when we, when we think of black voters as a monolith, they're thinking about, like, black, lower middle to middle class, like, folks that are not a part of like they're not running in the underground economy they're not aspiring rappers these are the folks that are like pretty much cast as disposable with regards to carcerality like oh like any day now this nigga's gonna end up in prison and disenfranchised and can't vote anyway so why would we like seek them out and seek their votes and so like i can't i can't really be mad at him for feeling like Oh yeah, no, no they, I mean, they, they don't. They don't give a fuck who you vote for, Blueface. Especially as a like a personal choice. Nah, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, um, but um, interestingly, Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah, uh, Snoop Dogg said he'll be voting for the first time next this month. And see, Snoop Dogg is in that stage in his life. He's like what? For yeah, Snoop Dogg is forty nine fucking years old. He's in that stage of life. He's that demographic. 
He says, I ain't never voted a day in my life, but this year I think I'm going to get out and vote because I can't stand to see this punk in office one more year. Uh, referring to Trump. For many years, they had me brainwashing that you couldn't vote because you had a criminal record. I didn't know that. My record's been expunged, so now I can vote, which is a very, very real phenomena. And also, I got to say, in 2020, it's that's refreshing to hear a rapper that doesn't support Nazis. It's definitely a breath of fresh air since that's a, it's a hard thing for motherfuckers to do now, apparently. I'll never forget the story that one of my colleagues on the commission told me of canvassing in a black neighborhood and encountering a man who told her that he couldn't vote for her because he was a felon. And she explained to him that, you know, once you have served your probation time, uh, when you're off parole or whatever, when you serve, you've paid all your fines, you can get your right to vote back. And this man literally cried. He broke down and cried in front of her because he had been eligible to vote since Obama's uh, first term in office. And he didn't realize and he cried knowing that he could have voted for the first black president, and he didn't. Didn't get a chance to. Yeah. And so, thinking about just, I mean, like, fucking felons should be, like, felons, you should, everyone should be able to vote in jail. Well, I mean, I But I will accept as a compromise automatic voter registration that includes folks that immediately upon your release, yeah, you, you have your voting rights reinstated. I mean, that's the whole, that should be the whole purpose of, like, going going in and serving your time is that you come out and you have a second chance. I don't understand where even the concept of like, yo, somebody is going to go and do their bid and then come out and be less of a citizen than everybody else. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, all the way back in 2004, uh, P. Diddy used his voice and platform to try to directly affect the 2004 election between George Bush and John Kerry. Um, Citizen Change was a nonpartisan political service group founded in 2004 by P. Diddy. It was backed by Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, 50 Cent, and others. who started with the aim to get young people and minorities to vote. The Endeavor had P. Diddy touring campuses around the country in a private jet dubbed Air, Air Force, Force Change. <laughs> and they were pledging that voting was sexy and cool as the you know Bush-Kerry election approach. The slogan that they had plastered all over t-shirts and TV and posters everywhere that whole summer was vote or die. Now, despite Diddy's best efforts and MTV's uh, 20 million loud voter registration campaign... Um, young people, while they did turn out in record numbers, they pretty much made up the same percentage as they did overall in 2000. So it didn't really make that much of a difference in the election. And George Bush won. Now, you know, some people have attributed the tone deafness and the corniness as to why citizen change didn't really have that much of an impact on the election. Uh, two of its main faces, Paris Hilton and 50 Cent at the time, were both publicly not even registered to vote at the time. And the irreverent nature of the slogan, vote or die, was just, you know. It, it got was, spoofed on South Park. Uh, yeah, it, it was, was just like. I mean, still, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what, what vote or die means at this point. You know, there's, you, you, could, you could go and look up interviews of P. Diddy explaining it, but... Um, I think you're still going to be wondering what he, mean, what he meant by it. Yeah. Uh, citizen change would eventually come under fire from the conservative organization, the National Legal Policy Center, 
for violating election law and promoting Kerry and opposing Bush. Fuck all that. A decade later, though, back in you know 2016, Diddy had done a complete reversal and was of the opinion that voting was a scam and it wasn't something that you should participate in. But recently, and as recently as July, he he's come around and he's said that you know Trump is a existential threat and we got to get rid of them so people should vote to get rid of I Trump. can't even be mad at that either I feel like when we talk about being strategic and being practical it's also looking at the particular dynamics of a given election and uh deciding whether or not it's I don't know where you want to put your efforts yeah I mean it, look it's it's the same the same thing I don't want to sound like a broken record everybody but it's the same thing that I was saying last time Every year that comes around, they tell you, hey, this is the most important election of your lifetime and shit like that. Now, if you're if you, if you know what there is to know, then you know that most of the times they say that it's bullshit. It's still kind of up to you to decide whether you feel that way about this election. But I definitely feel that way about this election. So with that, I definitely don't. I do not judge anybody who is voting with like, like a sense of survival. You know what I mean? It's like let's get into some of the songs that in which folks have addressed voting, uh, voting, and elections and stuff. All right, yeah. So two of these songs have a pretty um, strong video component that's kind of important to the overall message. First up, we got the Eminem song "Mosh" off his 2004 album Encore. Now, in the set, the same 2004 election, uh, as the summer came to a close, you had Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11 come out. And a bunch of celebrities started making a lot more overtly political statements and, you know, being, you know, making their anti-war, anti-Bush stances a lot more obvious. And this would be Eminem's contribution to that. So let's check this out. The video is animated and has a little documentation of a cartoon character going to Iraq and protesting, mass protesting in the streets, things of that nature. It's definitely one of those songs where, you know, he has a fuck Bush line in there and the imagery in the video, but the song itself is not necessarily laser focused on bashing bush i think the song kind of goes hard it's a dope song you know what it's for me it's definitely one of the songs where it was better when i was younger (laughs) it's not it's not prescriptive in terms of like how to engage he's like articulating like let's let's band together everybody in the middle and the sides let's all group up let's march let's be together but not like marching to the polling booth to like in that like kind of corny fied voter die away. Yeah, no, I feel you, and I don't want to speak for Eminem, but I feel like through this song and the publicity that they made around it and around it being an anti-Bush song, I just more so think this is like a cultural play where it's just bringing into awareness, hey, I'm the most popular rapper on the planet, and I'm saying, fuck Bush. You know what I'm saying? I think that was, I think he felt that was an important message to get out there. Or an important stance that his fans know that he has. This is an industry protest song. Whereas, same artist, Eminem, 
same general time period too on his album uh the Eminem show he had a song called white america that has a verse on there that is pretty you know vividly anti-bush it's a it's like two years before this election took place but it i think it illustrates more of his uh views on like the administration and just his views on the war I, I think it did a lot of that better than this song. Like, I, I'm pretty sure those are like the only two lines, the fuck Bush part. And then Enough to a, like tie it to that, to yeah. the real, to the, the actual, to the contextual. The video is much more a statement against the Bush administration than I feel the song is. is that- and I feel like that's a really interesting tendency in hip hop that like, I, it makes me think of like, this is America mm-hmm. or like Emmett Fenn's Pouring Rain where like the visual adds this dimension of context to the lyrics that like makes it more pointedly political um um next we have so uh the legendary group black sheep drez from black sheep around 2008 he decided to go all in for obama and he made a reworking of their classic song the choice is yours you know you can go with this you can go with that you can go with this and he made like you know a a whole redo of the song uh while working with austin bass production house um house voodoo cowboy entertainment (laughs) that's the name and they made this uh pro obama track Choice is yours, the remix. Do what I feel inside, but rock lives with me. He's got my back tonight. Y'all know what I'm saying? People, I ain't playing. You need to catch your vote and catch your vote with no. Okay. Uh. Please, this is 2008. Let's just keep things in proper perspective, please. I understand. Have we really why come a that Forty-year-old black rapper in 2008 really was excited far? enough about Obama to make a rap song about it. I do not begrudge him of that. Like, it's not like Barack Obama was running for office. Like, I am going to be really centrist. I promise, I won't change much, but you can hope. Yeah, <laughs> I wish he would have. Now, this song definitely has more lines in it that are relevant to the election but um the video still does come into play heavily there's uh imagery of sarah palin john mccain the u.s stock exchange crashing to illustrate the recession going on at the time and then naturally when they get to the hook they're saying you can get with this or you can get with that showing you the choice between obama and mccain the choice is yours yeah, you know what? I'm unoffended by that. I'm, I I I was old enough to know that or to remember like the excitement about Obama that I get it. I don't I don't, you know. It's... Yeah, and I mean even in crafting the raps for this week's episode, thinking about having to rap about voting, I feel fucking <laughs> lame as shit. There's just not a way to make it cool other than Well, you don't have to make it cool. Just fucking vote because Fuck them. Let's, you know what? Let, let's, let me give, let me, let's give everybody a little insight into how things are made, off. right? So the, the only real rule that we really give ourselves for when we're coming up with some of these verses for the rap part is it's just generally rapping about the subject. But we can go whatever direction we, we go want with, this, with it. Oh, we can go with that. <laughs> we can go with this. Or we can go with that. Exactly. All right. Our last so the, song the last today. One is our by, la- uh, you want to, I'm sorry. 
Can it? Yeah, no. Okay, so yellow pains, my vote don't count. Let's listen to a little bit of this. It was three branches of the government. We forgot it when we got older. It's the judicial, the legislative, and executive. But all we know is the executive. That's the mayor or the governor and the president. You know what? Holy shit. Just keeping it real. God damn. There are a lot of... um, there's a lot of people who could probably learn a lot from that song. Yo, I'm about to put that in my <laughs> civics classes when straight I get out up. this PhD, though. Straight up. That straight was up, straight definitely up. the best and one of the And he's fucking right. You know, like these judges run uncontested. These state house races are uncontested. We don't know who our Congress people are. We don't see them out in our communities. But they're the ones that are putting the fucking legislation on the executive branch's desk in- to vote to affirm or veto and it's simple it's just like putting the message out there it's civics there's no difference between what he just did in like some schoolhouse rock shit when like my little my older brother or like my dad were like younger and shit you know it's like i'm just a bill yes i'm only a bill and i'm sitting here on capitol hill come on somebody somebody out there has to remember that shit too it's using the power of hip-hop to inform people of some shit, but making it fresh. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we was both bumping to it like we were hearing the new trap banger in the nightclub. So it's like that that's how you get those messages out there like that. And the framing, the framing, the song's called My Vote Don't Count. It's talking about its own personal disillusionment with the system. And yet through it, he builds an argument for why we've been looking at it all the wrong way. And actually, we need to pay more attention than ever because it's not about... And that's good. And it goes back to civics and how... In our civic imagination as a country, we view the executive branch of the federal government as this pinnacle of where decisions get made, whereas the truth is that the judges, your superior court, your municipal court, your magistrate court, your sheriff, your state house representatives, your congresspeople, like those are the folks that are going to be putting legislation on the president's desk. Those are the folks that are going to determine whether or not you can get your kids back um, you know, when you get out of jail or you, whether or not you're going to have to wear an ankle monitor and it's going to constrain whether or not you can leave your fucking house. All these quality of life issues come down to all these other elected uh, positions that they don't, they, they don't know how to like make important to children in school. And, and, and as adults, we don't care about them either. Well, when we say vote and we focus on the importance of voting... You know, I think the best way to go about doing that without feeling like we're just resigning to, you know, feeding people more fluff about, oh, the president, vote for president. That's the most important vote thing. For is to just, yeah, is vote to encourage people to vote all vote the time. For state to house. actively be engaged. Vote for sheriff. Actively vote for be the engaged judges. with your democracy. Vote and for like, your tax commissioner. Make make put the people that you want in charge in charge. But vote don't just council. don't just do it for the big one every four years. Engage with all of them and like make tangible change in your community that you're in right now. But, um, you know, we're going to get into some rap things in a second, but, you know, by the time you guys hear this, we are either going to be preserving (laughs) the status quo for another four years, or we're going to be getting into some real, some real foul gangster shit. And I hope that it's the status quo for another four years and we'll fight that when we get there. But that's just me. But to all of y'all out there, be safe. 
good luck. And, you know, fight the power. Bars. Let's get a beat. Yeah, yeah. We waiting on reparations, yo. Hey. Yo, so take my name to your local ballot box. They give this information so they hope you have forgot. Take it from the city streets up to the mountaintops. They consider you a threat, so your vote they have to stop. Give you obstacles. In life, they got lots of those. Make you feel like this voting shit is kinda impossible. Not so though. I ain't with the games. Ain't no shame if it's not for Joe. But I ain't fucking with you, so you got to go. Always trying to block your vote. Pull, watch cops approach. Find out where it's going down in the flock and droves. I sent the absentee, don't know if they got it so. Do it all in person. Don't trust these mailboxes, yo. I call myself. They're gonna stop mail. If we all go out, then we will all. Not fail if they steal shit. Get the Molotov cocktail, storm area 51, and try to solve Roswell. Will it change shit? Only relative at best. Pause fascism with a new president elect. You ready to fight whoever wins? I know so am I. Middle fingers in the air, screaming, Vote it The die. 2020 president election is upon us. So step up in the booth, make your selections for the office. It ain't just about the president, it's also about the senate and the sheriff and the coroner. Who the fuck you voting for? Down ballot candidates, they matter just as much. But most people cast their ballots without looking them up. That shit is rookie stuff. They get voted in without even working hard. And they fat cat friends, they read in the cookie jar. So looky here, everybody knows it's been a kooky here. But on November 4th, I better see you playing hooky, dear. Join us in the streets, demanding the vote to count. Cause when we come together, we are bigger than our ballots. Bars. Bars, bars, bars. Bars. Get out and vote. Get out on the streets on November 4th. Hey, I'm Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. And we are waiting. Waiting reparations. Hurry up. Follow us on iHeartReparations on Instagram. See you next week. Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.